The Start On Demand. On demand. As back to school continues to get closer, we will hear today from some kids on what they think about returning to school. And we'll hear from a concerned parent who, like many people right now, just want to know what the heck is going on. Global weather specialist Kayla Evans joined us to deliver a not-so-great long weekend forecast. And Canada's top chief medical officer says we should think about wearing a mask during sex. I'm Brett McGarry. Alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, we are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, September 3rd podcast for The Start. Canada's top health official is recommending added protection while getting busy in the bedroom. With more on that, here's Global's Brianna Carnegie. Let's get it on. Skip kissing and consider wearing a mask when having sex. That's the message from Canada's Chief Medical Officer of Health, who in a statement says people should minimize the risk of COVID-19 during sexual encounters with people outside their household or close contacts bubble. Dr. Teresa Tam also asks people to monitor themselves for symptoms and limit their alcohol use so partners make safe decisions. As for the safest option, Dr. Tam says avoiding close contact with others by going solo is the lowest risk sexual activity in a pandemic. Brianna Carnegie, Global News. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Well, McNabb is uh, having some issues connecting. She is working from home and uh, having some issues getting on. So we will hopefully hear from her at some point this morning. That's got to be frustrating. But I just got to circle back. To, did I hear that correctly in Jeff Braun's newscast? What? Regarding the whole wear a mask during the, the hanky-panky. Yeah, Teresa Tam. Going solo? Oh, that's the safest way to go. <laughs> so you've been doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's, well... Yeah, I don't really know what, I, what to add to that. I just thought that was funny. It's like the, the master of one's domain. Master of one's domain, indeed. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, they were speaking on the shift overnight about the different euphemisms and pseudonyms for uh, for sex okay. and the different terminology. Yeah. And I figured, you know, it's 6 a.m. Yeah. Till 7 a.m. If you want to text us, we won't do it after 7 because the little ones get up after 7. But if you want to text us your best pseudonyms for having sex, I'd be interested to hear what they are. Okay. You know? Let us know, 204-780-6868. Yeah, because we, we, yesterday we had that conversation about sayings. The yes. funny things that we say, and half of them we couldn't broadcast. Yeah, because they were sexually oriented. And they, or they were just angry. A lot of a lot of angry parent things. Like when things go wrong, they would say funny things uh, that were great sayings, but just I couldn't read them on the air. Oh, and then when you go and you look them up in the Urban Dictionary or otherwise, it's like, oh, that's kind of racist, or <laughs> you can't say that anymore. So uh, yeah, keep those. Oh, look at that. Uh, already have people sending uh, those in your pseudonyms, your euphemisms for uh, bumping uglies is one that I always like. Well, and Jason saying uh, next Dr. Tam is going to be recommending uh, glory holes, but wasn't there that oh. the thing in BC that was part of their actual provincial M- recommendations? Months ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. We live in different times. Loren McNabb is with us now. Hello, Loren. I'm just glad I missed this whole chat right now, to be <laughs> honest with you. Well, we figured we weren't going to have you today, so we could just take things way off the rails. Oh boy, and, did and you? I just I, I got back in and I was like, are we on air with this? What's going on yeah, with these words air. we're throwing out on here? <laughs> you betcha. Yeah, well, Jeff Braun had that report about uh, you know doc, the recommendation to go solo, so we just had to circle yes. back to that. Yeah. No, no, no. There was absolute news value in a going solo discussion, for sure, because... <laughs> Hey, these are these are. This is not the same September it was a year ago. 
No, you but know? it is you know, it is going to be a, uh, chaos based on the frustration many parents are experiencing. So we have a lot to discuss today on back to school. Where do we start? Loren, how about you throw a dart and we'll go from there? Why? Well, you know, I've been saying all along, it kind of depends on where you live. You know, I like our back to school plan seems clear to me. I, I have no concerns. It makes sense to me. Other parents are still waiting to hear what their schedule is going to be. We're going to in our next segment play some clips from some frustrated parents who are thinking, oh, my gosh, like I still don't even know if my kids actually start Tuesday, if they're staggered to start Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. Some don't have their bus schedules. So there's some frustration there. And then I think, you know, mixed in with all that, Greg, I don't know about your boys, but there's excitement too. We're going to play some clips at 6.30. Kids can't wait to get back to class um, because it's been a little bit uh, lacking in routine the last five or six months. Yeah, that socialization is so critical for our kids. And yeah, my boys are getting excited to see their friends without question. But how'd you like to live in Winnipeg School Division number one right now and not know how you're going to get your kids to school? Because a school bus driver strike is a distinct reality. They have declared their intention to strike and the Winnipeg School Division is saying, yeah, we can't fix this before Tuesday. So you throw in the fact that we've had all every single day, Brett, there's been a parent put up their hand and say, excuse me, I got one more question. And just when you think you get that answer, it's, by the way, we do have a bus schedule for you, but you may not have a bus driver come Tuesday morning in the Winnipeg School Division. So we'll get more into that throughout the day. And we've got some clips we're going to play from both the School Division and Minister Gertson, the Education Minister, on his thoughts on a looming strike. But we're also going to bring the union on. They had the strike ma- mandate for months and they delayed it because of the pandemic. And so here we are. Now, here's a question, Greg. Based on all of the, the, the things that seem to be going awry as we get ready to go back to school, I know that many parents have just been excited, like, Get my kids to school now. Sure. But with everything that's gone wrong, would it have just been easier to say, we're not going back to school just yet? No, I don't think so. I'm, I very much agree with those who think the place the kids need to be is in school. There's a gigantic semicolon and a list of things that need to happen in order for me to feel comfortable about them doing that. And I, I'm in that boat where I feel pretty comfortable that uh, both the schools my kids are going to have done the things that they need to in order to keep the kids safe. And that's priority number one, of course. And the fact that they are going to be having some interaction with the teacher at least part of the time is a gigantic relief. But of course, there are things that I wish we're different. It's just simply not possible right now. So I, I don't know if I'm in the majority on that front. As Richard Cloutier likes to say, we don't talk about the 200 flights a day at peak at Richardson International Airport that land safely. It's the one every so often that has issues that make it on the news. And so if it feels as though we're highlighting the frustrations, Loren, it's not because everybody has them, but enough people are having them that we need to bring those issues to light. Fair to say? For sure. And there was a whole town hall last night, for example, in the Louis Riel School Division, where they were trying to explain more on the plan. It, it really, it is coming down to where you live. So you talk about the school bus strike, the looming school bus strike in Winnipeg School Division. That's going to add stress for parents, particularly there. In LRSD, we know there are parents still waiting for schedules. In rural Manitoba, we heard from some parents yesterday who were saying, yeah, their kids are going back to school. They want their kids to go back to school. But because their kids are in high school, it will come with some of that remote learning. Well, guess what? In some communities, they don't have internet and that was fine to do that for two or three months back in the spring when when it felt like okay this is the temporary measure but now we're going into more full-time mode so there's logistical questions there and then honestly on top of it all like I said there are so many parents who who need and want this to happen and the teachers and the staff are doing their best to make it happen I don't know nobody saw this nobody saw this coming a year ago I don't know look hindsight's 2020 I suppose we could have started preparing back in March for this eventuality but there was already so much on everyone's plates back then just to keep the kids going at a very minimal basic level. So, you know, here we are. We've got a couple days and and I think we'll get there. Just keep your head up. Max 
Kling, McGarry, and McNabb in our next segment as we talk about back-to-school stuff. And look, we know a lot of it is frustrating right now. A lot of parents have no idea what is happening. We're going to have a school bus. When are the kids going back? What is going on? But we can also have some fun with the back-to-school, and that's what we're going to do in our next segment. We're going to talk about our favorite, or maybe least favorite, (laughs) back-to-school outfits. Yo to that. Silk shirts? Silk, did you have silk shirts? Oh, Lauren? did I ever. Button-up silk shirts, different colored jeans. That was where it was at in grade nine. Velour so cool. sweaters. <laughs> velour, velour sweaters. <laughs> Fanned bangs. Little hairspray, anyone? Oh, I one time I... Uh, I <laughs> My mom, God, my mom was mad at me for this. For It was grade two, and I decided like right before the school picture to cut my own hair. Oh, good job, Brett. I tried to cut, the, <laughs> I tried to cut my bangs so that I would look like Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> How'd that go? Not great, but I don't uh, remember it being like apocalyptic or anything. I just look kind of dumb. We're going to need a picture mad. of that. Yeah. Have I'll you have got it? I've got it somewhere. So did, did did you have to go get your hair cut to fix the mistake before the pictures, or did you have to live with it? No, I, I did it. I th- It may have been like the night before. Good. <laughs> uh, no time to fix that. You're getting your picture that way. Yeah, and I maybe I did it because I thought she would make me get it fixed. But ah. I can't, like I said, I don't, when I look, when I remember the picture, I don't, it wasn't brutal. I think she was more embarrassed than anything, but whatever. <laughs> I was a kid. It was in grade two. Who cares? Hair but, product to fix that up? Or ah. yeah, what, what was it? What was the fix. Lorena, I was just remembering the time I ran out of mousse one day and used uh, shaving cream in my hair <laughs> oh, instead. I, Did you ever try must've... that trick? No, but I do remember running out of hairspray and we were staying with our grandmas at grandma at the time. I think our parents were away. And so we mixed up sugar and water in a bottle to see if that would work for hairspray because it was, of course, an early morning emergency. And on the school picture front, Brett, I remember being in grade six. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup yet and then had the genius idea of slapping on some green eyeshadow for picture day (laughs) while I was at school. And so, of course, the pictures go home and mom's like, I can see this. You know that, right? Like I can... (laughs) Like you put makeup on for a picture. Like, how did you think you were going to get caught? Didn't really, didn't really think that one through. It lasts a little while, those pictures. <laughs> so text us at 204-780-6868. Your favorite or least favorite back-to-school outfits. We'll chat about it more in our next segment. I'm excited. It'll be nice to get back to school, see some old friends. That was Aiden Woolman. He's from Landmark. And this year, he's going into grade 8. He's one of several kids we're going to hear from throughout the day here on 680 CJOB as we inch closer to September 8th. For the most part, Aiden and his sister Hannah are looking forward to getting back to class this year after the longest break they've ever known. Uh, I miss doing gym, the activities that we got to do in gym. I miss doing music. I miss seeing my friends every day. That's a pretty normal answer for kids these days who, like the rest of us, haven't felt a whole lot of normal over the last six months. But we also know there is a lot to prepare for. Danielle Woolman is Aiden and Hannah's mom, and she says her kids don't seem to be worried about the virus, and most of her questions are more logistical. I seem to have any fear about the virus or or anything at all. I am a little bit nervous though that they are going to go to school and things are going to be different. Um, you know, I don't know what social distancing is going to look like on the playground, but I'm pretty sure playing with their friends is going to look different. Um, sitting in the classroom, they're not going to be able to sit at a table with their friends anymore. So sitting in the classroom is going to look different. They're not going to be able to see their teachers' expressions and smile at them when they arrive at school. That's going to look different. So I haven't talked too much to them about that because, like I said, I do want to keep it positive and fun. They're looking forward to it, and I want to keep it that way for them. So I'm curious to see in the first few weeks how they're going to respond to all of that. So it's a wait-and-see game for many families, not just to find out how some things will or won't work in the classroom, but how our kids manage all these changes. And it's different for everyone. Global's Amber Magookan also spoke to Kyle Kotick. He's going into grade four and still has some back-to-school shopping left to do. I need to get hand sanitizer and a couple more jeans. I love how matter of fact he sounds there. That's where we're at right now, right? You got to get some jeans. That makes sense for back to school. And of course, hand sanitizer is also added to the list. 
he sounds like it's just the way he's going to handle things. But listen to this next clip on just how he's feeling about COVID-19, guys. Difference is coronavirus and the masks, for sure. I've, I've never been in this situation before with masks and coronavirus and cases and all this stuff. I don't really like it. It's up to like 100 to like maybe 32 cases a day. Oh, his clip almost breaks my heart just to think about where we're at in terms of how he's describing cases. Very well aware, guys, of what's going on. Uh, he wants to go to school. He's looking forward to going to school. But those are some of those things that are weighing on the kid's mind. And of course, his mom, who also really wants him to get back to class. Well, there's a lot weighing on her mind. With COVID, we're not going to know. Like, we're not going to know if it comes home unless one of us gets sick. And then if that happens, who's to blame? I'm to blame because I sent him there. But I gotta, I have to send him. But then it's gonna be my fault. I feel it's gonna be my fault if he comes home with something. And you know, Papa gets sick or you know, his auntie gets sick or something. You know, she's an elder as well. Um, it would be sad knowing that it could have come from him and he's brought it home. So what do we do now? Stay in our bubble and don't leave because I have to send him to school. That's not fair either. That was Lynn Kodak. She's Kyle's mom. And of course, we're going to play these clips, as we said, guys, and more from these parents and kids throughout the day. But I just, what really sinks in with me is just that range of emotions. So much is just normal. You got to get back to class and you're going to buy some stuff. And then at the same time, you know, you're in grade four doing a case count, Brett, like Kyle just gave us. That was the weirdest thing I think I heard when I was listening to those clips this morning to hear this kid talking about, you know, I think we're getting like 32 cases a day. I was not thinking about anything like this when I was in grade four. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about playing with my friends and, uh, I don't know, Transformers or uh, I can't remember what toys I would have been playing with then, the Battle Beasts maybe. I'm (laughs) trying to go back through the memory banks on what I would have been doing, Uh, looking forward to trips to the arcade. That's it. Yeah, and what candy you might be able to to score on your way to school. I can remember grade four, and Brandon, he used to have to work walk past the Kmart, and if I had a quarter in my pocket, I could slide into the candy uh, section. They had uh, like a like a deli counter of candy at the Kmart in Brandon. That was the big deal. Am I going to have the blue whale, or am I going to have a mix to the Black <laughs> Beauty mix? What am I going to get on the way to school? And now these kids are thinking about, do I have a mask? Do I have hand sanitizer? And how many cases have they been? So that's obviously a completely different time, and we've been saying that for weeks and weeks, but very much highlighted, encapsulated very well in that conversation with uh, Kyle, Loren, well done. And his his uh, emotion in that, just matter-of-factly saying, I've never been here before with things like masks and <laughs> coronavirus. Hey, man, none of us have. And so for the kids moving forward into all these unknowns, kudos to you. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb as we get ready for back to school next week. So many serious questions that need to be discussed, but, and we're going to do that throughout the morning here and through the day on CJOB and through the coming days, but we can also have some fun with back to school because we all hopefully have fond memories. I'm sure we all have some lousy memories about back to school too, but fond memories for sure, particularly when it comes to back to school outfits. So let's go around the horn here. We've got Scarlett Peters. We've got producer Jeff Forte, Jeff Braun dialing in from home. JB, why don't we start with you? What was your favorite? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you one thing I wore on the first day of school. I do know my regular sort of uh, uniform, at least in high school, was uh, like a... An, a flannel shirt unbuttoned with my Metallica t-shirt underneath it and a pair of blue jeans. That was, that was all day, every day for years and years and years. So <laughs> I guarantee you that's what I would have worn on the first day of school in high school. Rudy says, uh, bell-bottom pants, shirt with open chest showing two chest hairs, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Rudy. Skylar Peters, what about you? Uh, my game plan actually was to wear... Um, 
like older clothes on the first day of school because you know everyone's coming out with their nicest fit right yeah and then on the the wednesday or the thursday whatever the second day uh that's when i bring out the big guns and oh, uh then you the clothes stand I, out yeah and then my mom bought for me in uh, grand forks always did our, our pre uh school shopping trip there so I was always looking fly on the second day, but I just I had marketing just a, genius. Yeah, I thought so. I had just a terrible haircut though. I had the uh, <laughs> the Justin Bieber hair uh, before Ooh. Biebs was you know a thing. So if I had half a voice, maybe I wouldn't have to get up at five thirty every morning. You had but, the Bieber haircut? Yeah, had the like, Biebs haircut. Like from when he was uh, a teenager or whatever. Yeah, like when he came out with like one time, like his very first song. You know, like that came down to his eyes kind of thing. Like the, the floppy, the swoopy, yeah. Swoopy. Oh, oh yeah, boy. that was me. Like so you're obnoxiously tossing your head all the time. Trying to get those bangs out of your eyes. Yeah, and L- Loren, I know how you feel about my hair situation, so we'll just stop there, I guess. Mustache. You guys can say word. mostly your facial <laughs> hair situation, <laughs> Peters. Is there a, a, an issue uh, uh, between uh, on the mustache? Yeah, she she walked into the newsroom. I haven't seen her for four <laughs> months. I'll make this really quick. And uh, Will Reimer, who used to work at CGOB, is now with Global, and he's got more facial hair than me. And she comes up. She's like, "Well, you got a you got a nice beard. Like, good thing you don't have just a mustache, though." <laughs> and I'm sitting right here. And she literally turns 90 degrees to her left, and here I am with and just he, a mustache. He turns around. And he's just like giving it the old rub. Oh yeah, you don't like mustaches? And I was like, "Oh dear God!" And then I was like, "There's no walking back from that no. one, Skyler. No. no walking back." That is dynamite, Jeff Forte. What about you? Uh, you've all seen my uh, grade one. Uh, class photo, right? Yes. I had I my, so. my my little suit. Yeah, I was in the newsroom at the the old station for a while, and then I was in the uh, control room for like a couple of years. What <laughs> didn't your grade one teacher send that to us? Was that my? I have no idea who sent that. Oh, I mean, uh, somebody sent that to us. <laughs> <laughs> so that's who it was. Yeah, no, I was wearing my uh, little suit with uh, with white running shoes, which just does not match. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it's a Timberlake thing. Like a full suit or just a suit jacket? No, it was like the full suit when I was in grade one. That was for that was just for picture day, not for the whole going back to school. Uh, but no, for me, like in high school, it'd be just like well, kind of like brawn. You know, you have the the button up shirt that wasn't buttoned up and just a t shirt underneath, jeans. I always did my hair up, and I remember in like grade five, people being like, "Oh, you're gonna go bald because you put so much stuff in your hair." Oh, look who's laughing now. I've got, got a full head of hair. So <laughs> I've often wondered about that because I used to use a ton of hairspray and uh, a lot of that hair is gone now. Mm. So I don't know if I killed <laughs> my hair with the hairspray, but uh, I used a lot of it too. So uh, I, I still use a lot hair, of it. So, so it's all good. Okay. Uh, what about you, Mackling? Oh, well, I'm thinking back to grade six and painter pants. Do you remember painter pants with the the little hook for your paintbrush, apparently, and the little (laughs) side pocket that you could put a ruler in or something. I'm not exactly (laughs) sure of why and how they designed these things the way they did. A yellow t-shirt, and to top it all off, rainbow suspenders. Suspenders! Oh, yes. The rainbow suspenders. That would have been, what, 1975, 76, something like that, grade six? No, 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 later than that. 1980. I'm doing some bad math there. And uh, rainbow suspenders were all the rage, in particular at Saints Roller Rink in Brandon. So I had to roll those out for the first day of school, and I sure wish I could go back in time and not wear that. Hey, Mac, you and my dad would have been tearing that roller rink up. He tells me about that place every day. Oh, there you go. Maybe I used to uh, roller skate uh, next to your dad there with a little pom-pom on your uh, roller skates. And oh, yeah. Good times. Loren? Well, I think my favorite outfit that still stands out was grade, I think it was grade nine, and it was an off-the-shoulder sweater, and off-the-shoulder sweaters were all the rage. You'd wear like a tank top underneath, and you had this uncomfortable shoulder hanging out. I think they're actually back now in in some small way, but it was the -the off-the-shoulder sweater for the look, but then when it comes to the brand names, um, there used to be Ikeda, do you remember those sweaters, and Mondetta? And then, of course, Club Monaco. And so there was four siblings. I have three siblings, four kids in my family. And we only could afford two Club Monaco sweaters for the four of us. And we would just rotate them through. Like one day, one got the white. Somebody else got a green. The next day, we back in the rotation. And I, those sweaters, to me, were the greatest. Awesome. Yeah. For me, and I don't know that this was necessarily my favorite back to school, but I remember in grade seven, I went back with uh, Grand Beach Club 
tie-dye sweater. It was blue and white that I got from Warehouse One. That was when Chip and Pepper was big. And sure. Everybody had to have a tie-dye line, right? Yeah. To keep up with uh, Chip and Pepper stuff. Yeah, so I remember that. I still remember the smell even of that sweater, like when it was new, you know, b- before it had been washed and gone into rotation. But yeah, I was quite fond of that. And it's funny, too, because tie-dye has come back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's come back in style, uh, largely. Like, I, I bought a face mask from the peg. I, well, today I have uh, my black one that I got yesterday from the guys at Zuike. But uh, the one I got from the peg is, uh, it's like dark blue and white tie-dye. So let us know. 204-780-6868. Your favorite back-to-school outfits. Uh Eve says parachute pants and matching windbreaker. The windbreaker. I remember the windbreaker. Yeah. Remember they used to roll up and like you could wear them as a belt. Do you like they would be? You could get them in a little baggie that you'd wear around your race. Oh yeah. yeah, Oh, it's it's windy out. Well, look at this. I am already wearing my windbreaker. That's right. You could roll it up into a pouch. Oh, that's right. Or yeah. Okay. Uh, Real quick, please tell Jeff Forche it was Katie Harrison's mom. Tara Sims' mom, who sent in the grade one picture, we yes. found it going through old school pictures, LOL. Katie, absolutely. <laughs> Did you like Katie? Oh, she's a good person. Yeah, I, I know what you're getting up, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Six Answer the question. <laughs> I just did. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, Hextall, and Hockey coming up in two and a half minutes. Just want to quickly revisit the story. Uh, that we One of the stories we've been having fun with this morning is that Dr. Teresa Tam, Canada's top health official, is recommending that people uh, consider wearing a mask during sex to prevent coronavirus and to stop kissing as well. And while, you know, we were goofing around with the topic, we did get a text message that provoked some thought here uh, from Ruth, who says, Masks and sex, thank you. This story is the best way to convince any mask fence sitters that this overblown mask idea is totally insane. No quality of life whatsoever is the plan. Don't work. Don't kiss your loved ones. Just cower in fear of all strangers and now your family. Uh, thank you. Keep reporting the idiocy of the health directives. And I was just one, and I, I kind of thought, I think this is more for, that the, the statement is specifically more towards like if you're with someone new. Yes. Right. So, but what, what was your reaction to that text, Lauren? Well, I think, you know, for, first of all, Dr. Teresa Tam, uh, Dr. Brent Rusin, all these public health officials that we've been listening to and waiting for guidance from are, are working with the information they have at hand. And it's not idiocy what they're saying. It's the information that they have that they're now sharing with us in terms of how they think it could spread and some of the things we need to be thinking about. And we talked about this way back when, uh, Brett, in the spring, in terms of the idea that if you're single and you're out uh, looking to date, well, you couldn't do that with social distancing guidelines. And then we raised the idea, well, what can you do and what should you be doing? And and now people are, are potentially getting back together. And so she's recommending couples, and, and that's if you're if you're – I understand that is to be on a date, but maybe maybe it's for the home life as well. But just skip kissing and maybe avoid face-to-face contact. And if it works for you, if it makes sense, you might want to consider using a mask. It's just part of the conversation to me and about the, some of the things we need to be thinking about. And and honestly, I, I mean, getting back to our conversations about school and all the rest, I mean, when mono was a big thing going around, then they called that the kissing virus. Uh, the whole big thing was to stop kissing and stop doing those kinds of things. And so th- this is not necessarily new. I think people just are so upset about the mask that when they hear you must have a mask on for sex, they kind of get upset about it. Based on how many people are out and about shopping, doing things exactly as they used to do with or without a mask, and fortunately more and more people with a mask, I don't know how many people are sitting at home in fear and not going out and doing anything. When I first read this, Brett, the first sentence I thought, oh, Thank you. This story is the best way to convince any mask fence sitters. And I figured it was going to go on to say that you need to wear a mask. This story would do it. Nope. The exact opposite was true. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, before we get into this segment here, I just got to say, Loren, uh, the, the elevators at 201 Portage, it's an adventure every time I get in because gotta, I got to swipe to get access, mm-hmm. and half the time it like you push the button and 
nothing happens. It doesn't light up. So we get on the, we do the little, the awkward shuffle where three people are trying to get into the elevator and physically distance. And we each had to swipe our way in. The elevator's moving and I'm pushing the 30th floor. Nothing's happening. It's not lighting up. So the first woman gets off on like the 25th floor. And then I swipe it again because the next woman was going up to 31, 32, 33. And then it finally lit up. So it's like 8.03, I'm in the elevator thinking, am I going to make it back in time? So that was an adventure. And speaking of adventures, what's happening next week is going to be adventure for kids, parents, and staff alike. Difference is coronavirus and the masks, for sure. I've, I've never been in a situation before with masks and coronavirus and cases and all this stuff. I don't really like it. It's up to like 100 to like... Maybe 32 cases a day. That was Kyle Kotick. He's going into grade four and even at that young age is wrestling with questions on how COVID could impact him. Yeah, Brett, you said earlier when we played that clip after 6.30 that at that age in grade four, when you were in grade four, that's just, I mean, a pandemic was wouldn't even have been on the, your mind. I don't even know if I would have known that word in grade four or what it even implied. You're thinking about toys and, and outfits you might wear to school. You might have some nervousness about who your teacher's going to be, if your friends are going to be in your class. But the different things that are on the list of concerns for kids this year is, of course, what we're focusing on today. We're going to have a number of parents and kids on about how they're feeling about heading back to school. And, of course, some are good to go. No concerns. Others have maybe some logistical questions or, or health questions. And I think it's safe to say many parents, maybe all of them, Greg, are are looking forward to at least some sort of return to a routine at the very least. Yeah, or creating a new one, something that feels somewhat regular and predictable. Christine Pishak is the mom of two kids, a six-month-old, and a daughter who is eight and going into grade three. Good morning, Christine. Hi, good morning. We really appreciate you taking some time to share uh, what's going on in your house today? Describe what you're thinking and and feeling surrounding back to school. So there is some excitement. I know my daughter is excited to get back to seeing her friends and having a little bit of normalcy in her life. Um, but there is a lot of anxiety surrounding what's going to happen in terms of if someone gets sick. Um, from everything I've read from the government, it doesn't seem that there's a definitive plan. It's this might happen, this may happen, but a lot of it is going to be playing it by ear. And I'm very concerned about her getting sick and bringing it home and um, dealing with that. First of all, before I ask my follow-up question, the school is Harold Hatcher? That's correct, yeah. All right, Transcona. Yeah, Transcona. I just had to get the Transcona plug in there. <laughs> um, are you, are, is there anything you're actually looking forward to, Christine? I am looking forward to her going back and having that little bit of space. I mean, um, I'm currently on maternity leave, and this is not how I pictured it going. I was, was looking forward to some one-on-one time with my baby. So it is nice that she's going to go back and uh, start learning again, but there's still a lot of fear there. You know, you mentioned the different scenarios and what the government has outlined, and they do have on their pandemic plan different different pages for how it might work in the elementary school system if someone contracts COVID, who will be alerted, whether or not it's possible that class may have to self-isolate, it's possible that sections of the school may or may not be closed. There's all sorts of possibilities, which leaves a lot of gray area. On one hand, I hear you, Christine, when you say, man, that leaves you with so many questions. On the other, is there actually, is it actually reasonable to expect officials to get that definitive on, on a situation where that's so fluid as this? No, I I mean, I feel like there maybe should have been more things put in place. Um, They've had about five months to get together a plan. I think maybe some more remote learning should have been incorporated. But the virus is so new and we don't know what's going to happen. And they they don't know any more than anyone else does. So um, I would say that it's, it's, it's not reasonable that they should have a definitive plan in place. But I think that there should have been more consideration. It's almost like they're just going to kind of experiment with our children and see what happens. I had one listener suggest, Christine, that perhaps there could have been a a layered approach here because there are some individuals who either have parents that don't work or a parent that doesn't work or might be on maternity leave like yourself who have technology at home. And there might be a, a, a whole group of kids that in consultation, in communication with parents, they might have been able to say, yeah, you know what? 
maybe you can stay home for the first three or four months and it'll be just fine and have another group of kids that maybe have to be in school and then you'd have another group where if we have room, let's find room for them. Yes, and I agree that would be good. I mean, there are some children who don't have access to Internet, so remote learning may not be possible. Um, Remote learning uh, might have been a better option for a family like mine. But I've also looked into homeschooling, and I know for definitively that that would not be a good option for us. I don't think my daughter would learn anything with me teaching her. And um, But again, like I, I know that some students don't have access to Internet, so there should have been different, more personalized plans in place. It's the unknown, Christine, I think, at the end of the day. And you have one scenario where you're on mat leave right now. So in theory, if she was at home, at least you are there. You have friends as well who who have two working parents or or two people who aren't able to stay home. And so when you talk about bringing the virus home and what that might mean, it's not just about the, the health questions. It's about logistically, what would you do for work? Or how would you talk to your boss? Or what happens next? Those are parts of the unknown. Yes, exactly. And one of my concerns, too, is um, they say, if so, for example, if my daughter was in contact with someone who ultimately tested positive and they want to test her, well, how many times could this happen throughout the year? I mean, it's quite possible it could happen many times. There's many students and it might almost be traumatizing to a child to have to constantly go and get the swab up the nose. I know that I've had it done and it's not pleasant. It's not horrible, but it's not pleasant. And I think it'd be pretty awful for a child if they have to constantly have to go get tested, which might be the reality for some children this year. Christine Pishak is a mom in Transcona joining us live on 680 CJOB. Christine, thank you so much for taking the time to offer your thoughts as we uh, head into what's going to be uh, a wacky week, to say the least. Thank you so much. I, I, you know what happened? I ate a lot of pizza over the last six months, and we want you to eat a lot of pizza right now at 204-780-6868. Large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia up for grabs. If you can answer this question, the average worker, this could be an easy one, I suspect, but maybe not. The average worker says this phrase approximately three times per week. What is it? Let's start with Vanessa. Hi, Vanessa. Good morning. Do you know the answer? Uh, I'm going to say, oh, my God. No, no, but I I think I say that probably 30 times a show, much to the chagrin of a couple of our listeners who tell me to stop taking the Lord's name in vain. Vanessa, good guess, but not it. Okay. Glenn, the average worker says this phrase approximately three times per week. What is it? It's not my job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, I would like to say that, but uh, that's not the answer either. Okay. Okay. That's Loren- a very, very good answer. Yeah, that's I not like my job. It a lot. Loren, you ever work with anybody like that? Uh, yeah, it might be more like that's not in my job description. The one of my favorites has been over the years when uh, you know you get your you get told what you'll be doing in your line of work or what you'll be doing for your job that you've entered, and always underneath the description it says and other duties as assigned. Yeah. So when you get thrown something at you like, by the way, we also need you to haul these tables downstairs, and so you'd yell out and other duties as assigned because it's like <laughs> I didn't really see that going in with my job description, but you did put it in there. That's the uh, that's the gray area. Don, the average worker says this phrase approximately three times per week. What is it? I think it might be, is it time to go now? No, but that's also a good one. Looking at the clock, is it time to go now? It's seven. It's You get to work at 8 o'clock, 825 rolls around. Is it time to go now? <laughs> no, that's not it, Don, but that's great. It's the adult right. It's the adult equivalent of, are we there yet? Yeah. There yet? <laughs> that's true. Oh, yes, it is. Because uh, we... Hey, Holly, how are you? Good. What does the average worker say three times a week? I need a vacation. Can you say that again, Holly? I need a vacation. The average worker says, I need a vacation approximately three times per week. Three times a week? (laughs) Congratulations, Holly. Thank you. Do you say it three times a week? Oh, no, I say it about 300 times a week. <laughs> Atta girl. I'm going to put you on hold. Hey, what kind of pizza are you going to get? What two toppings? Uh, pepperoni mushroom. Classic. The classic. Classic, Stand- yeah, for sure. Stand by. going to put you on hold. Loren, you sound, you're surprised by that. I, I, I know. Is someone who's taking tomorrow off? 
And, and who also had last Friday off. I, uh, I, I sense the irony here of me being someone surprised about someone asking about vacation time. I might think it. I, I don't know. For sure, for sure it gets said. And I, it often happens as soon as you get back from vacation. That you need a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> you need a break from your vacation or yeah, vacation, vacation from, from your vacation. break. One or, one or yeah. the other, right? Uh, one of our listeners uh, channeling your inner thoughts today and texted, is it Friday yet? <laughs> so, oh, you're sending out the vibe, McNabb. <laughs> well, I thought Monday was Tuesday. So, you know, that works. It is. Yes. Whoever asked that, Kevin, was it Mike? Mike? Sure. It's Friday. Hey by, hey, by the way, we got a couple of texts here uh, on my French, uh, Cecile, who is the mom of uh, one of my high school buddies. Well, he, actually, he was with me all the way through school. Uh, she says, first, nice promo job for learning a second language and keeping it alive and the plugs for Transcona. Remember, if you do not use your French, you lose it. Bonjourne. You sound Ooh. like a true Frenchman, she says. Very nice. good. High compliment. You know- that's on the list of back to school questions for me because my kids are in French immersion, but I'm not speaking a whole lot of French at home. I'm curious if they're going to walk in there on Tuesday and it's going to be all this French thrown out of them. They're going to be like, mm, nope, not today. And then just turn around and leave because it's like of all the things that they had to keep practice on, man, that was lower down on the list for us. I'm just thinking like, they're gonna, are they going to have to learn all the, the, COVID-related terms in French. Like, I just Googled pandemic in French. It's pandémie. Or I'm... stick with your cohort. What would that be? Oh, God. <laughs> stick A with your cohort, play. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jeff texting to say, hey, at least your French is better than Pallister. So I just thought I'd throw that out there as well. <laughs> I thought we were trying to get the premier to come on our show. <laughs> oh, when was the last time he, he came on the start? Like, uh, we, we, I don't McNabb know we, wasn't even here I don't yet. Even, I don't even, did we have him on the start? I don't oh, no, think not it was the start. called right. the start yet. You're right. You're right. It wasn't the start yet because it became the start when Loren yeah. hopped aboard. Yeah, he came on with uh, Mackling and McGarry. Long time ago. I think it was in black and white last time he was here. <laughs> um, and speaking of, co- of uh, pandemic terms, and Loren, you're going to miss out on the fun chat we're going to have tomorrow with uh, Cynthia Carr, the mm-hmm. epidemiologist who has uh, become one of our go-to, well, really our go-to person related to all things pandemic. But we're going to have a sort of a lighter chat about all of the bizarre things that we find ourselves now completely accustomed to saying like words like pandemic or you just used cohort or contact tracing or the fact that Dr. Brent Rusin is now a household name, right? Well, Brent Rusin, Dr. Rusin was in studio. Speaking of individuals who've been in studio with us, was that two years ago? I think it was just last October. It was just last Are fall. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was last fall. And he came in the studio and he personally gave us our flu shots on the air. And with all due respect to Dr. Rusin, I'd heard him interviewed a handful of times. It's like, oh, who's this dude sticking a needle in my arm? Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> I know him well now. And I forgot, like you said, wasn't it? You said that very co- confidently that it was Brent Rusin who came to, to visit us. And I said, no, it wasn't him. It was another guy. So we even... Like, not even a year after he was here, I forgot that it was him. But now, if if we do a story and we forget to refer to him as Chief Medical Officer Dr. Brent Rusin, if we just say, Rusin said, everyone mm-hmm. knows who we're talking about. Yeah, you could play true. audio from him, and you, I don't even know if you'd have to identify him. Most people, you know, there's those few people that you play so often that the clips, people know exactly who that is speaking, like, say, the Prime Minister or the Premier. And I think Dr. Bruce Brent Rusin is right up there. So that chat's tomorrow at 8.07 with Cynthia Carr. But all the terms we're now using, even the kids are using. We were in a store the other day, Brett, and my son looked down and he said, well, this isn't six feet apart when he looked at the stickers. <laughs> nice! That were, yeah. And then he, like, kind of tried to do that stretched leg measurement. And I was like, I think you're right. And just, <laughs> it's all become this sort of normal thing. It's so weird. It is such a weird world. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Question of the day at cjob.com. Has to do with wearing a mask. We just heard Jeff Braun once again reiterating that story about mask up during 
how did Kevin the Garbage Man call it? Sexy fun time? Well, the question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. And the question is... A new survey shows most Manitobans are in favor of stricter mask rules. When you see masks worn in public, how do you feel? And at cjob.com, this has been up since yesterday, uh, 51% say reassured, 38% indifferent, 11% anxious. We threw it up on Twitter about a half hour ago, and so far there, we got 68% reassured, 28% indifferent, and only 3% say anxious. So cast your vote, cjob.com, or on Twitter, at 680cjob. Greg, uh, you and I have been going back and forth this week uh, as we take a peek at the long weekend forecast. We were like, this is, I think, that, well, there were there were certain expletives uh, no question. that we were sharing with each other that yep. we can't share on the air. That is fair. I'm looking at the long-term forecast on my phone, which I just use as a rough guide as to what's happening. I turn to only one place to get my weather, and yeah. that is from Kayla Evans. Global News Weather Specialist. Good morning, Kayla. Kayla's in our news booth. Oh, and Forte is running over to hell. <laughs> it's uh, Kayla's maiden voyage. Did we turn. just hey, drop her in there and there say, we figure, go. Well, figure it out, much. Kayla? You know what? Much. It's uh, baptism by fire, right? The K, you guys, this is my first time in your studio, obviously, as you can tell, because I don't know how to turn anything on. You guys have the coolest digs up here. You got a great view. Everything's so new and shiny. Like, this is impressive. You want to come work in radio now, don't you? Kind of. You know what? <laughs> I'll just be here, like, every day. You won't even want a forecast. You won't even want my two cents. But I'll just be sitting here outside the window just waiting for my chance. Well, Jeff Braun would normally sit in there. You're welcome to come and sit in there whenever you like, Kayla. Oh, you know what? This would be a nice quiet space when I when I need a break. Yeah, you know what? It, it is. There have been a couple of times where I've hunkered down in there where it's like, okay, I'm just going to shut this door. No one even is going to even know that I'm in here because there's no window from the outside. So if you walk by, you never know there was someone in there. So, Kayla, if you ever, even if you just need to come take a nap... <laughs> You know, while Gabby's uh, reading the news, just come on by. Yeah, I'll so be here. So what's going on with the uh, the long weekend? Labor Day Ugh. typically is a, a pretty nice weekend, isn't it? Yeah, this is usually our last weekend uh, at our family's cabin, and it's usually pretty nice. So I don't know. I'm thinking this room may be the place to hide from people once I give a forecast like this. It's uh, it's starting out actually pretty nice. It's a little cool today. Yes, quite windy from the northwest. But as we get into the long weekend, we're actually doing okay. It's when we hit Sunday, things will start to change for us. And then by the time we get into Monday, like if I see people in like those goose down jackets, I would not <laughs> shame them whatsoever. Oh, please. It's that bad on Monday? <laughs> Uh, yesterday, kid you not, filling up the car with gas, the lady next to me, next pump over, in one of those long goose down jackets, like to her knees. And I thought, oh boy, if you think it's chilly now, girl, just you wait. I feel like we do have to shame that. I don't want to take this off the rails, <laughs> but uh, there are conversations to be had about when and when when it is appropriate to put on that winter coat and when it isn't. And we're a long ways away from winter, Kayla. If we get through this weekend... And through the Monday, is there any signs of improvement? Oh, honestly, it seems like as soon as September 1st hit, which is actually the first day of meteorological fall, but it's like the calendar page turned and fall was here. So at 21, 22 would be average. So we're not that horribly far off. Uh, but the holiday Monday, most of us hanging out at like 10, 11 degrees here in Winnipeg, closer to the mid-teens. So um, it is going to stay cooler, but I feel like as long as we have that sunshine, it won't be too, too bad, right? Am I Jeff, just grasping for Jeff positive Jeff uh, Kayla had to turn on her own microphone. Can you turn her microphone off <laughs> from where you're sitting? I don't like this. So that means my phone is mostly correct because it's saying 12 on Monday for Winnipeg, 11 for Tuesday, and overnight lows, mm -hmm. three, four degrees, five, like single digits almost all of next week. Oh, it is going to be so, so chilly. Tell me on your phone at least you're using the global sky tracker weather app. Of course I'm. Yes. Oh, something wrong with my mic. Yeah. Oh. Download it today, everybody. I didn't know that was a thing. What is it? <gasps> My friends, no, the no, Global no. News This is Sky why we bring you on. Okay, yeah. Weather app. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grabbing that right now. I, I didn't mean, know I'm that was a thing. I mean, I'm feeling like I'm taking credit for it. I, I'm very did much not. It? I did not create this. Okay. Uh, I, just I, a strong believer in it. 
Global. I would like to point out that no matter what app these two download, I think it's Greg that usually <laughs> triple checks it anyway. No matter what the app That's says, true. you usually hear him say, that can't be right. And then he moves on to another one. I need multiple sources, even for the weather. I have three apps already, weather apps on my phone. And uh, I'll just pick, like, I'll look at one forecast. And if I don't like it, I'll check another one. And if I, if the third one has a better forecast, that's the one I, I tend to go with. That's the one you base your life on? Yeah, well, I've got Weather Network, AccuWeather, and, and Environment Canada. And I am in the process of downloading the Global Sky Tracker app. Uh, so thanks for the heads up on that, Kayla. I had no idea. I uh, probably should know that, but uh, he only, only work for the company. He's not like I pay attention to what's going on around here. They probably sent 12 emails about it, and we just kind of missed it. So are you allowed to say what part of the province your family cabin is cottage what do you call it oh. the lake what do you call it um we call it the cabin but let's be honest it's just a trailer in the bush uh nice. we're up by winnipeg beach so it's like the sandy hook area okay. so um i guess technically we shut her down in october but september long is usually like kind of the last hurrah and i feel like especially like with these times and nobody traveling anywhere uh we'll be there shivering i'm gonna take my winter jacket i'm hoping i don't need it but Better to be prepared. Well, yeah, I mean, two to, like we, our bodies haven't adjusted yet to the cold. And when you were talking about lows of plus two on Tuesday, like Kayla, you the, the long goose down jacket was it one of those thin <laughs> ones, or was it like a full blown parka? Uh, it didn't have the fur on the hood, so I'm thinking it was one of the thinner ones, but I'm, oh man, like when you see that so early, like even yesterday, Gabby started wearing her Uggs to work, so I'm thinking like, if we're Ugg already at right. that level, <laughs> where do we go from here? Yeah, well, okay. the the reason I bring up the jacket is when I was at the golf course the other day, the woman in the beverage cart was wearing her long uh, down jacket. She was wearing a toque. She was wearing Ooh. mitts because it was it was mm-hmm. breezy on Monday. Yeah. And when you're in an open cart like that. Yeah, uh, she's but, outside all day, right? Yeah, but it was still yeah. jarring to see someone wearing a toque and mitts <laughs> when the, like two days before it was sunny and gorgeous. I, I have to say I had a toque on in the house yesterday and it was... <laughs> Partly because it was it's cool in the basement, but do you ever, like you wander around the house and you pick up things and it's easier to just put them on rather than put them away. And so for like three and a half hours, and finally my kids are like, "Why do you have that toque on?" I was like, "Oh, picked it up downstairs, and here I am." That was basically it. My friend's wearing three hoodies and a house coat and a toque, and just December. too lazy to put it away. Oh, my kids are doing always exactly the same. Why are you wearing that? It's dirty. Yeah, well, I was on the floor and picking it up, and then, so now I'm now I'm wearing it as opposed to putting it to where it's supposed to go. So any good news at all, Kayla? You did say something that fascinated me before I let you go, because we got a hard time the other day when we started having a discussion about this change of season, quote unquote. And every once in a while, we would refer to the fact, yes, we know that autumn begins this year, I think September 22nd, in terms of our journey around the sun. But you say it's meteorol... I can't even say the word. Meteorological. Yeah, I mean, I I follow the regular human calendar, but uh, if you're like a science <laughs> weather nerd, I guess, yes. um, it, it's super simple, right? So the first day of fall would be September 1st, first day of winter, December 1st, first day of spring, March 1st, first day of summer, June 1st. Okay. We learned uh, in the weather lots center. in this segment. Oh, I didn't. another thing there I didn't know. Okay. Useless I, weather knowledge. I'm your gal. Not useless at all. <laughs> Kayla Evans, thank you so much for joining us. I have downloaded the app Global News Sky Tracker. Thanks for the tip on that. And hopefully the uh, the forecast maybe will turn. There's You can always hope that it'll turn. Kayla's on uh, from 6 to 9 every morning, by the way, on Global Winnipeg. Kayla, thanks for the visit. Thanks, guys. Her maiden voyage in the news booth. This booth, uh, or this booth, this app, I'm supposed to give permission yep. as to whether or not it can follow me. Does this mean Kayla will know exactly where I am at all times? I don't know. Based on the tracking in this app? Well, she's the creator of the app and all. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> uh, that, that's kind of creepy, actually. It is kind of creepy. Not- I, sa- I still said yes. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. 
And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry. B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.